Where does Tennessee rank in Bill Conley's SP Plus preseason projections? It's a top 10 ranking, but where? And a Tennessee signee for the class of 2022 joins the show. All that and more here on a Wednesday Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day. I'm your host, Eric Kane, and of course, as always, you can find this podcast on Twitter at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. Got a fun show coming up today, and as I said in the cold open, uh, Bill Conley's SP Plus preseason projections uh, that you can be found on ESPN Plus. Tennessee getting some more love, and we'll break those down. Jordan Thomas, class of 2022, safety for the University of Tennessee, who's set to uh, join his teammates on campus here in the month of June. He's going to join the show, and we'll touch base with him. And then Ben McKee of AllQuest.com, a colleague and a friend, will stop by, and he'll uh, get us set for Hoover, Tennessee, of course, in the SEC tournament. All that and more coming up right now on Locked on Vols. I'm Eric Kane, by the way. I'm your host, and I appreciate you guys for hanging out with me and interacting in the comments on YouTube and sending those DMs. It's so much fun, and uh, truly, as we kind of continue to create content here in this offseason, we're doing a good job so far, so I would say it's been a success, and obviously it'll heat up once football season gets here. But uh, we talked about this on uh, the starting lineup, and of course that's the radio show I'm a part of at 99.1 The Sports Animal, and I also write for the rival site covering the University of Tennessee. But Bill Conley puts out this thing called the SP Plus uh, preseason projections every single year. And what it does is it's a preseason ranking that takes into account three major things. The first being returning production, uh, rosters that have been updated as much as possible to account for transfers and attrition. The combination of last year's uh, SP Plus ratings and adjustments based on returning production makes up more than two-thirds of this projected formula. So returning production is one third of the pie. The second third would be recent recruiting. Uh, this piece informs us the caliber of a team's potential replacements and or new stars in the lineup. It's determined by the past few years of recruiting rankings in diminishing order, meaning the most recent class carries the most weight. See, that's where I kind of differ on that because, you know, the class of 2020 to 2021, those guys are juniors and seniors now. So shouldn't those classes carry more weight than the class of 2022? That's just me, but nonetheless, uh, this is not my ranking system. Uh, we'll continue on with the recruiting portion of it. Beginning in 2022, this category will also be impacted a bit by the recruiting rankings of incoming transfers. This is a new thing, and I'm not giving it much weight. This is Bill Conley writing uh, right, right away, but it will have a slight impact. This piece makes up about one-fifth of the project, uh, projections formula. And then finally, it goes into recent history. Using a silver of, uh, a sliver, excuse me, of information from the previous seasons, two to four years ago, gives us a good measure of the overall program health. It stands to reason that a team that has played well for, for uh, one year is less likely to duplicate that effort than a team that has been good for years on end, and vice versa. This is a minor piece of the puzzle, but the projections are better with than without it. So three things that Bill Conley kind of uses to you know, go into his uh, SP Plus projections. And with that in mind, we'll look and see who and where Tennessee is in terms of the top 10, top 15, or top 25. And Tennessee, lo and behold, comes in at number 9 entering the 2022 season uh, for this SP Plus projections. Tennessee... Um, overall, offensive returning production is the fourth best team in this ranking, according to Bill Conley. Defensively, 
ranked 43rd, according to Bill Conley. And the change is at minus 0.3, so meaning it just lost a couple of big pieces, but big pieces nonetheless, and being, of course, Bayless Jones and um, and Javante Payton on offense, Tyon Evans on offense, and then on defense, a couple of really impact players, and Theo Jackson and Lante Taylor and Matthew Butler. But another top 10 preseason offseason ranking for the University of Tennessee, and this coming from Bill Conley. Look at the rest of the top 10. Ohio State's, you know, they return an awful lot. Lost a couple of wide receivers nonetheless, but return arguably the best quarterback in the country and C.J. Stroud and a, good, a bunch of good defenders. Alabama's there at number two, returning the Heisman Trophy winner and Bryce Young and a, and a bunch of players on both sides of the ball. Will Anderson, who I think is probably the best player in the country, top to bottom. And I think that he was probably the best player in the country this past year as well. Georgia's at number three. Michigan's at four. Oklahoma is at five. Clemson is at six. Notre Dame is at seven. Texas A&M is at eight. Of course, Tennessee is at nine. And then Wisconsin is at 10. So of these top 10, we look at, you know, according to these three grading metrics and returning production, recent recruiting, and then recent history. So all of these teams in the top 10, excluding Tennessee for the most part, have had have been pretty successful. Texas A&M has been, you know, eight, nine wins. They had a 10-win season in 2020, I reckon, or they had a nine-win season, I guess, in 2020. I recognize that. But for the most part, every other team in this top 10 not named Tennessee has been consistently good, you know, the past you know, a couple of years. Alabama's won national championship. Ohio State's been the college football playoff. Georgia, national championship. Michigan, Ohio uh, Michigan, a college football playoff. Oklahoma, a college football playoff. Clemson, national championships. Notre Dame, a college football playoff. Texas A&M and Tennessee, not. And then Wisconsin's kind of right there. They've they've competed in Big Ten, or yeah, Big Ten championships and been to New Year's Six Bowl games as well. So, you know, when you look at it from recent history, Tennessee would be an outlier there. When you look at it from returning production, Tennessee would be one of the best. Of course, I mentioned in terms of returning production on offense, Tennessee is fourth. The only couple teams that are better are the top three teams in these standings. Ohio State at one, Alabama at two, and Georgia at three return more offensively per this metric than the University of Tennessee. So it's interesting kind of the way you look at it, right? Tennessee is getting a lot of love from The Athletic, from ESPN, from CBS, from Athlon Sports, from you know pretty much any any metric, any publication we'll look at in terms of offseason rankings. And this is more stat-based, of course, in terms uh, of the Bill Conley's SP Plus projections. So Tennessee's at number nine. Of course, that's one, two. You got Alabama at two, Georgia at three, and Texas A&M at eight, Tennessee at nine. Tennessee had, Tennessee is the fourth and final SEC team inside the top ten of this rankings. You continue on down. You got Cincinnati at 11, Utah at 12, Penn State at 13, Miami at 14, and Mississippi State is at 15. And here's why, you know, you can use this as a, you know, a compass, not a GPS, right? And that's what the way I kind of look at a lot of these offseason rankings. Because if you remember the FPI a couple of years ago, love them some Tennessee, right? Love them some Tennessee. Coming off the 2018 season when Tennessee was 5-7, and seven, heading, heading into 2019, the FPI, ESPN's FPI, had Tennessee ranked 7th in the country in the offseason. And, and we knew that even though Tennessee ultimately ended up having a pretty decent year that year, going on a winning streak and all that after a disastrous start, Tennessee was not a top 10 team in the country. So there's always an outlier. There's always a team that shouldn't be in there. And of course, you can make the case that that's Tennessee in the top 10, even though it is you know, moving in the right direction. It's returning an awful lot. It's got a lot of momentum. It's got a good head coach and a good quarterback. And it turned things around in 2021. Mississippi State would be that team here in the top 20 as it checks in at number 15. 
Michigan State's a 16, Ole Miss a 17, NC State at 18, Pittsburgh at 19, Kentucky's at 20. Kentucky's interesting because, again, it's a solid, solid football team. Uh, they rank Kentucky 32nd in terms of returning offensive firepower, which is very confusing because, sure, you lost some offensive linemen. You lost Wondell Robinson, but you returned Chris Rodriguez. You return Will Levis, and you return some other playmakers on that offense, and so that kind of surprises me there. Minnesota's at 21, Auburn's at 22, Florida's at 23, Oregon is at 24, and BYU is at 25, and that is your top 25 in terms of the SB Plus projections for the University of Tennessee and some of the surrounding teams. So, again, talking about yesterday, Bet Online has the win total of Tennessee at 7.5. I said pound the over because... Sure, Tennessee, in my opinion, will lose to Alabama and will lose to Georgia. LSU on the road is going to be tough. And then, you know, some toss-up games there with Kentucky and, you know, Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh's going to be on the road. Kentucky's going to be at home. I, I said pound the over because I still think Tennessee will get to eight wins no matter what. Tennessee getting a lot of offseason love and just most recently the SP Plus from Bill Conley at ESPNplus.com. So wanted to share those numbers with you. Thought they were very, very interesting. And the more we dive into it in this offseason, the more we'll continue to see other stuff like this leading on into SEC media days. Hey, coming up next here on Locked on Vols, Jordan Thomas, a Tennessee signee for the class of 2022, signed in the early signing period. Now he is set to arrive on campus here uh, later this, I guess it'd be this upcoming weekend to begin summer school and preparations for the 2022 season. That's what you have to look forward to coming up next here on Locked On Vols. But with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain of auto parts store to stock up on all the parts that you need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning that comes with a person behind the desk as they wait to order the parts off their computer, ordering only the brands and specifications that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer and you have access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Watch you to spend up to 30, 50, sometimes even 100% more for the same uh, parts from your chain from a chain store or car dealership than when you could do it online at rockauto.com. They've been doing it to professionals and do-it-yourselfers for 20 years online and the prices are always so reliably low you're not going to find anything better, uh, especially online, I'll tell you that. They have everything you could possibly need, from brake parts to tail lamps, motor rolls, even new carpets. And you can check out their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to all of your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car and your truck. Right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit my friends at rockauto.com. I want to thank you guys so much for making Locked On Vols your first listen each and every day. And for the next listen, I encourage you to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available right now on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Special treat here in segment two, going to talk to a Tennessee signee, Jordan Thomas, a three-star safety from Alabama. He joins the show right now, right here on Locked On Vols. Jordan, it's been a couple of months since we last spoke, and I know you've been staying busy this spring semester. What has it been like? I know you weren't an early enrollee, but what's it been like for you being a part of that Tennessee family and now just uh, a little over a week away from actually joining that Tennessee family officially? Yeah, actually, it's just it's really exciting to finally be at the, the step to, you know, getting the ball rolling. Uh, I, get, I get on campus Saturday. No, I get on campus Sunday, um, and I'm just excited to get to work really I'm a part I'm excited to be a part of this team um like I said I believe in what 
the coaches are doing and, and the culture. And I love the culture. And I just can't wait to be on Rocky Top. What uh, what have you been doing this spring? I know you've been training very, very hard. And I, I know you put out this video of you doing some different stuff last week. But what's been the focus and the emphasis for you this spring um, while you're still at home? Yeah, um, really just just staying in shape and stuff. Um, you know, just steady working. Um, cause I don't when I get on campus, I don't really want to miss a beat. You know, I'm, I'm of course I'm a freshman and stuff, and I'm new to everything. But still, I just don't want to be the one out of the pack. You know what I'm saying? I want to fit right in, and I just want to just be smooth, make the transition smooth. So I've been working daily, um, as usual, and just just staying in tip top shape. You're looking at that signing class that you're a part of now and, you know, the class of 2022, and it's a team that – or it's a class really that came on late towards the end and, you know, finished right around the top ten in the country. What do you like about this class that you're a part of and, you know, what's what's the goals for you guys? I know you still probably talk just about every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, of course, I built a lot of great relationships with um, my teammates already. And um, for the ones that's up there that I haven't been able to connect with, I'm excited to – um, get with them but our goals is of course is to win a natty um you know and just you know we're, we're shifting the culture here at Tennessee you know we was at a pivot um pivotal point um back in the day but you know that's that's coming back and I think everybody can see that um we're everything in school and um coach Hypo what he's doing he's grabbing a lot of people's attention and all the recruits and um he's pulling some recruits in and I'm excited for the future yeah, that's kind of stretched on to the 2023 class. Of course, still some work to do, but right now a top five class and you're bringing a five-star quarterback in Nico. And, I mean, can you feel the – kind of like what you did say about things are changing. Can you can you feel that? And is that a, just a sense of excitement for what's yeah, to come? Yeah, yeah, you can definitely feel it. I feel like – I know I can feel it. I feel like everybody can too in the nation, um, and they know we're coming. So we're, we got our foot on the pedal is what I can say. Jordan, the last couple of weeks of, you know, before you signed, I know that you, you know, once committed to Mississippi State and Tennessee never stopped pushing for you. Ultimately, thinking back, kind of what was it that made you want to be a part of this class to become a volunteer? Just like you said, they just kept pushing. And you, you can tell just by that, the love that they have for me uh, as a person who I am, as a person, my, my abilities on the field and stuff. So, you know, they never gave up and. I always felt like that was home, really. So when I took my visit, uh, it just solidified it for me. Now, for you know those of us that don't know much about your game, tell us who Jordan Thomas is on the field, your strengths, uh, some things you're excited to excel on, and things that make you stick out compared to some of the others. All right, so um, really, I think I'm a – of course, I'm still working, but I think I'm, I'm a complete player. Um, I run the alley very well. I'm an aggressive player. I'm very smart. Um, my IQ – uh, I'm really rangy, so I can get from sideline to sideline and just a beat. Um, uh, come down, pretty aggressive hitter. Uh, I like to lay the lumber. Uh, so, and I can also cover. So, I, I, I think I'm a complete player. Um, I got the speed, the size, everything that a coach could want. So, um, I'm just when I get to Tennessee, I'm just focused on, you know, getting just perfecting that you know what I'm saying perfecting being a complete player tackling uh everything so that's what I'm that's how I think I am what's it going to be like playing for coach Tim Banks coach Willie Martinez I know that they were obviously instrumental in recruiting you and getting you to Tennessee uh the excitement the relationship with those guys how is it yes sir it was, it was very great um those are my guys 
uh, both of them are very smart. Uh, they're Coach Martinez has been in the game a long time, as well as Coach Banks. Um, I feel like they can develop me into the player I want to be. Um, they're very smart. Uh, and I just I just love them, love them both, and I believe in them. What's the goals? Uh, I know you want to play. I know you want to impact. I know you want to be a part of a winning team. Uh, you know, when you sit down and think about what you want to accomplish the first semester, the first football season here at Tennessee, what are some of those things? Uh, really, I just want to be a great teammate, first off. Um, make an impact as a person around the campus um, uh, and just really just be a great teammate. Uh, help the team as much as I can. Help my defense as much as I can. Um, and that's really it. Whatever the coaches would like me to do, that's what I'm going to do. What's uh? What are you going to be studying in the school? What are you going to school for? Uh, sports management. Sports management. You you think about anything you want to turn that into one day? Probably, probably on my own fitness business or something like that. But maybe because I love the game so much, maybe I'll probably be a coach or something after that. Oh. I can't get away from the game, so. Well, good deal, man. All right, so last thing for you, you're just a couple of days away from a move to getting this journey officially started coming up to Tennessee, and um, it's it's been quite the journey about to graduate from high school. Uh, the excitement uh, getting up to Tennessee and ultimately kind of just, just what are you feeling right now, man? I know that it's probably uh, anxiety maybe a little bit, but more excitement than anything, I guess. Uh, really, you know, back home, I'm still here now, but uh, I don't know if I'm really say goodbye, ready to say goodbye to a lot of these people, but because I love everyone at my school, my administration. Um, they've been so helpful to me these past four years, but I'm also ready, ready and eager to um, attack this next journey because I'm one step closer to my goal, which is um, being in the pros. So I'm um, ready for that, ready to develop um, and just see how it turn out. I know it's going to be great. Jordan Thomas, Tennessee signee, class of 2022. That's going to report to Knoxville here in just uh, about a week. Jordan, appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. No doubt. Thank you. Awesome stuff there from Jordan Thomas, a new Tennessee volunteer that's set to begin his journey this weekend as he arrives for summer school and summer workouts. And um, uh, really excited to see him play in the future and see what his role is here as his first year begins in 2022. So big thanks to Jordan Thomas for stopping by the show. Ben McKee, BallQuest.com, colleague and friend of mine, will stop by and get a set for Hoover. The Hoover Met, Tennessee in the SEC tournament. But first, guys, our, bet, our partners over at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your sports gambling information, uh, sports info, sports betting needs. And, you know, we spend an entire show or a couple of segments at least talking about those win totals, those, those uh, futures for the 2022 Tennessee football team. Very favorable if you want to pound that over. I'm telling you, uh, that is the direction I'm heading in, and I think that's the direction you should at 7.5, I'm telling you. And you can find that at betonline.net. Find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs going on right now in Miami, in Golden State, in Dallas, and in Boston. Major League Baseball scores, fights, even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and a whole lot more. Head on over to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn about all the latest trends and actions. Even the props, guys. It doesn't have to be a full game. You can do quarter by quarter, half. You can do uh, a, a scheduled start, inning number three in baseball. Whatever the case may be, they've got all the props you can possibly imagine, and it's all at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. Well, Tennessee wrapped up a historic regular season this past weekend, finishing off yet another sweep at Mississippi State. We touched on that. We touched on the postseason awards from the Southeastern Conference, where 
Tennessee just racked him up. SEC Coach of the Year, Pitcher of the Year, Freshman of the Year, a couple of first-teamers, second-teamers, uh, three name, three players named to the all-freshman team. And now Tennessee sets its sights towards a new season, and it begins at the Hoover Mets in Alabama and bringing on uh, Ben McKee from VolQuest.com, who will be in Hoover this week covering Tennessee in the SEC tournament. T- Tennessee, um, you know, it's, of course, you're, you're going to want to win this, Ben. Um, try telling Tony Vitello, Frank Anderson, these players that, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't win this tournament. You're going to go out there and try to win every single game. But really, more so than anything, you go out there, play, compete, but make sure everything's crossed, the, the I's uh, are dotted, the T's are crossed for next Thursday or Friday when you begin regional play. Absolutely. Uh, the main goal is you you do want to win the the SEC tournament. There, there's no doubt about that. But but to me, there, it's almost 1A and, and 1B. 1A is you do want to win the whole daggum thing, uh, that being the SEC tournament. But uh, 1B is for the teams that are already solidified in the NCAA tournament, like a Tennessee, you want to make sure that you are set up to be playing your best baseball come regional weekend next weekend, like you mentioned, Eric. And the the main objective within that is making sure your pitching staff is lined up and ready to go uh, come that first weekend. And Tony Vitello met with the media on Tuesday and pretty much outlined the rotation for the week. And it'll start with Blake Tidwell on Wednesday and Chase Dolander on Thursday, Chase Burns on, on Friday and Drew Beam on Saturday. And that is in preparation of regional weekend, making sure that all four of those guys get a start before the regional weekend next week. Now, if it would come down to Tennessee playing on a Sunday, Ben, we're not future tellers. Uh, Blake Tidwell could go on short rest. Uh, Camden Sewell could get the start. Ben Joyce could get the starts. Maybe Xander Seacrest is an option. What would you see if Tennessee had to play on Sunday, how Tennessee would attack this? It's a hard question to answer just because we don't know how the week is going to shake out. Technically, if Tennessee wins its first two games, they wouldn't play on that Friday, which means Burns wouldn't need to start on that Friday. And I would assume in that situation, if Tennessee were to win on Wednesday and Thursday with Tidwell and Dolander, they get Friday off. I would imagine that they just push everything back. And then in that situation, Chase Burns would pitch on Saturday and then Drew Beam would pitch on Sunday. Uh, if for some reason they lose one of their first two games, which is very possible, it's it's baseball, and this isn't a series. You're you're, you're just playing a one-off with an opponent, so uh, it can certainly happen. Just look at last year. Tennessee loses the opener to Alabama in extra innings. Nobody saw that coming, and they had to play an extra game because of that. Uh, and if that's the case, then as I mentioned, the the normal rotation as as Tony outlined it on Tuesday with the media. Coming back on that Sunday after the four main starters have already pitched, I think the 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 biggest objective would, would be to allow Blake Tidwell to pitch on short rest. I, I think that that's the route that would be most simplistic. They, they did it with Will Heflin last season. Now, Will Heflin is a, a little bit different pitcher than Blake Tidwell. Uh, he, he can bounce back and, and pitch on short rest easier than a Blake Tidwell. Uh, but e- even if Blake does pitch on short rest, that doesn't mean that he has to, to go out there on short rest and, and throw a million pitches, especially with the depth that Tennessee has on its pitching staff. It, it can go to the bullpen as early as it wants, pretty much. But if not Blake Tidwell on short rest, I think it would be Ben Joyce or Camden Sewell, depending on how those two have already pitched that week. And not necessarily effectiveness, but just how much have they pitched throughout the week if if you haven't used them as maybe as much as you would like which I don't see how that would be the case if you've already played 
three or four baseball games and, and you don't pitch Camden or Ben Joyce, uh, I would imagine they've already thrown a good bit. But I think those two would be the other options. And I think Xander Seacrest would be more of an emergency start. Maybe somebody gets hurt or, or you've just absolutely taxed your your starters and you you've played a couple extra inning games and Ben Joyce and Camden Sewell have, have just already thrown too much to, to come back on Sunday I think that's the only only way Xander Seacrest would start on a Sunday in the championship game but again another option there a guy that's got one point whatever ERA throughout uh you know I think you made the joke of his billionth midweek start of the season um <laughs> So it's good to have options at, at the very least. Uh, Ben's going to be down in Hoover all week long. We're going to bring you uh, around the horns. We're going to bring you post-game podcasts after each of Tennessee's games. All that coverage is going to be at VolQuest.com. And make sure to follow along in the game thread and follow Ben on Twitter at BenMcKee14. Uh, two things for you, Ben, then we'll get out of here, man. Uh, Tennessee first. Let's save Trey Lipscomb for the, that conversation here in a moment. But Tennessee racked up. Um, and, and obviously, I mean, no one was going to touch SEC Coach of the Year. No one was going to touch SEC Pitcher of the Year. No one except maybe a teammate was going to touch SEC Freshman of the Year. Tennessee absolutely racked up in terms of the SEC awards. Drew Gilbert uh, wins the batting title for the SEC. Um, he and a couple others get on the first team along with Trey Lipscomb and, um, and, and Dolander, and then a couple guys on the second team, and then three guys on the all-freshman team. Uh, quite a showing for Tennessee, but no surprise because you're the best team in the country, best team in the SEC. You're going to dominate you know, yearly awards like this. Absolutely. Uh, Tennessee is the best team in the country, and some people are talking about Tennessee as the best team ever in college baseball. I, I think that's premature. I, I think on paper, you can make the case from a talent standpoint, but as great of a regular season as Tennessee had, if it goes out and it doesn't make it out of regional weekend, people aren't going to remember how awesome of a regular season it was. They They will remember Tennessee choking regional weekend. So uh, that, that's why I kind of say that I think that conversation is is a little bit early. But uh, getting back to your question, when you have that dominant of a team throughout the regular season, you're, you're going to rack up the awards. And and I thought for the most part, uh, it, it was spot on. Uh, you mentioned Trey Lipscomb. I, I do think that he should have been SEC Player of the Year. He would have gotten my vote. Uh, I And I haven't dug into the numbers when it comes to Jordan Beck being snubbed, at least I haven't dug in a, a whole lot, but I, I just find it hard to believe that Jordan Beck can't at least get on the the second team. I mean, the guy's one of the best hitters in the league. Uh, good luck finding a better corner outfielder in the league and even encompassing center fielders out, outside of Enrique Bradfield Jr. at Vanderbilt and uh, Tennessee's own center fielder, Drew Gilbert. I, I don't know that there's a better defensive outfielder regardless of outfield position, than Jordan Beck. He has an, has an absolute hose. You saw that against Mississippi State. And uh, along with Jordan Beck, Christian Moore hits double-digit home runs and isn't on the freshman team. Uh, Jarrell Ortega has had an outstanding season, and, and he doesn't get any recognition. So uh, Tennessee got plenty of the recognition, Eric. But my initial thoughts were, man, Trey Lipscomb's not SEC Player of the Year. Where, where's Jarrell Ortega? Where, where's – Jordan Beck, no Christian Moore. Uh, that was that was pretty surprising to me. I, I think you can even make the case for Luke Lipsius and Evan Russell needing to be uh, on there as well. So uh, as great as it was, I, I think there's plenty of motivation for Tennessee entering the postseason as if they needed any motivation to go play baseball. I was going to say, just what Tennessee needs, another chip on that shoulder. But, hey, they're going to take it, and they're going to run with it, and this team thrives on that. So I look at it like this. Tennessee racked it up. Um there were some other players who were deserving potentially, but it's like 
I don't care if it's coaches. I don't care if it's media. I don't care if it's SIDs. It's like you continue to go down that ballot. It's like, okay, I, I'm, I'm riding down Tennessee too much. we got to put some other guys in there. That's kind of how you know I view it a little bit. Last thing, man, quickly, your thoughts on Tennessee and Hoover this week. I know it's hard to project, but uh, Tennessee, uh, we're recording this before the Ole Miss and Vanderbilt game, so uh, we'll, we'll have to decide who Tennessee starts off with on a Wednesday. Uh, just a little FYI there. But uh, your thoughts on Tennessee this week, how far it can go, how Tony and, and Frank will be strategic with all these matchups moving forward. Yeah, I, I I mean Tennessee should win the SEC tournament. They are the best team there. Uh, I, I don't think there's any debating that. But just because you're the best team there doesn't mean that you're going to win the whole daggum thing. Um, but they they have more talent than anybody. They have more depth than anybody. And I, I think that's not only from a pitching standpoint. I think that's from a uh, a hitting standpoint as as well. That they are loaded with talent and depth and. Uh, the depth is more important than than the talent. I, I do think it kind of goes hand in hand, and, and maybe it's the same thing in, in a way. But uh, you have to have depth to survive SEC tournament, regional weekends, Omaha. You, you just have to. It is a prerequisite. Um, Mississippi State able to win the national championship last year because they had so much pitching depth. And this Tennessee team, as you and I have talked about all year long, they certainly have pitching depth. So uh, we'll, we'll see how the matchups play out. And just because Tennessee has the most talent and the most depth doesn't mean you're going to win a baseball game. As we saw Tennessee and Lexington and didn't think Alabama would win the opener and Lindsey Nelson didn't think Auburn would steal one. Uh, so you, you just never know with baseball, Eric, but they, they definitely have the tools to do so. And uh, we outlined the pitching plans for the week, and I, I don't think that I, I think the one thing that that's obvious is you won't see Frank or Tony decide to to over pitch somebody or, or, or tax anybody because yeah, it'd be nice to win the SEC tournament, but making sure you're in great position in the regionals next weekend is far more important. Yep, absolutely. And another note from Tony Vitello on Tuesday: Jared Dickey will be on the active roster this week. A 50-50 chance on if he will play, but good to see him on the active roster and uh, should be playing at least in some shape, way, form, or fashion uh, come regional weekend next weekend. Ben, uh, follow him on Twitter, Ben McKee 14 and follow his work at VolQuest.com. Nobody else covers the Tennessee baseball team better. Ben, appreciate it, dude. Thanks, buddy. All right, it's Ben McKee 14 and if you want even more baseball coverage, VolQuest.com, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud, we do the Diamond Balls podcast, and we'll have plenty of coverage of Tennessee baseball this week there. All right, that's going to do it here for this Wednesday. Had fun breaking out the SB Plus rankings for Bill Conley. Tennessee, a lot of love there, top 10 team. Jordan Thomas, Tennessee 2022 signee, stopped by the show as he gears up ready to his move uh, for his move here to Knoxville and then getting you set for Tennessee and Hoover for the SEC tournament with Ben McKee. Awesome, awesome show. And uh, as always, thank you for making Locked On Vols your first listen. Uh, now check out your second listen. Make it Locked On, the NBA Big Board. Rafael Barlow and a couple other great dudes give uh, the fans an in-depth look into their biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and, of course, the big boards. Follow Locked On, NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Guys, couldn't do this show without you. Thank you so much as always. We'll do it again tomorrow. But until then, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Oh,